Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Thanks for joining us once again. My name is Panos and I will be hosting the episode today. And today we're going to be talking about when and why you should correct a puppy. A question came in from Amy on Instagram. It's a good question. She has been listening to the Puppy 101 episodes. And just for context, for you listening to this, you should probably listen to episode 3, 11, 31 and 49. Also check out episode 23, where we talk about when and why to use punishment in general. And in the, well, let me quickly go through what Amy sent in to me. Hey guys, big fan of the podcast all the way from Ireland. Hello. Thanks, Amy. Really appreciate you and everyone around the world. It's awesome. I'm just listening to one of your episodes here and you say, be careful when punishing a puppy. It can lead to fear if done incorrectly. What age does this go until? And when should we be mindful of this? Is it only during critical periods of socialization or does it go further? And I asked the question, hey, thank you, and great question, etc. And I was asking, like, what is it specifically like? It all it all just depends. Are we, um, you know, I say about what are you correcting? What's your timing? Does your, un- does your puppy understand what it is that they're doing incorrect and what is it that you want them to do? There's no age limit, but it's more about you need to learn how to work on your delivery. So give me some context. And she says, hey, I don't have much context because she has a puppy arriving the weekend coming. And this was on the 2nd of August. So you have a puppy. Congrats. Um, she's listening to as much information as she can. And you know what? And you're a good owner because you're doing as much research before the puppy comes. That's the best thing that every dog trainer could ever ask for. So awesome. Love it. I've learned so much about socialization, period, to build a confident dog. First time I heard anyone talk about correcting them, it just made a huge amount of sense. But I guess she's not sure about what context, how long is something you need to be super mindful of. So I guess this is what we're going to go through today. So in puppy training, when we're teaching obedience, we'll talk about this first. We're teaching we're teaching her how to sit, teaching them how to down, teaching them how to calm. We're practicing all those basic commands up until six months old. There is no punishment for, like, there's no, certainly no positive punishment or physical punishment that happens if the dog doesn't do it. What I could do is if I tell them to sit and know that they can sit, I would use negative punishment. So I'll withhold that food to tell the puppy, if I say sit and you don't sit, you don't get the food. If you sit, I give you the food. So we use punishment in that form, withhold all of reward and food or even pats and praise. And attention, those are, that's all forms of negative punishment. Remember, we want to, if we remove something, remove a stimulus that is undesirable to the dog, that's called negative punishment. So I use mainly punishment like that when it comes to puppy, puppy training or even just living with our puppy. So for example, if I let the puppy out of the pen and straight away he comes out for my feet and he's Biting my shoelaces, for example, I'll do my best efforts to redirect him and teach him a bed command and just practice a little bit of things. Maybe I'll go outside and do different things and give him, I would redirect his biting onto a onto a, um, a bit of towel or a little rag or a little tug toy, something that's suitable for his mouth. And that way there we can play that game. Beats biting my shoelace and they're teething, they're puppies, they use their mouth. Of course, all those things are important. 
I kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but basically my point there is that if the puppy gives up and doesn't want the rag, but only wants my feet, my shoes, my clothes, a one thing you can do is like, well, negative punishment. We remove the puppy, put him back into the pen, put him back into his crate, into the backyard, into his area, wherever, but removed your, his access to you until you come back another five minutes, 10 minutes, and then bring him out, try it again. But good management is number one, as we always, 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 always talk about. If you don't have these things set up and your puppy has complete freedom of everywhere, there's no place you can remove them. So then you may see more of it. And the problem there is that either we have a behavior that goes heaps reinforced, your puppy just keeps chasing you and biting you more, especially if you have kids and other dogs and cats, that could be a problem. Also, if you're, if you haven't, if you're not setting up the situation, you're not teaching your puppy what you want them to do inside of the house, what you want them to do outside of the house, what to do when they're on the leash. You need to be entering every single situation as if you know what it is you want your puppy to experience in that particular context. So that way then we can look after them for the future. So a loud motorbike goes past, good management would be have your puppy on a leash. If you're in the front yard and your puppy gets scared and runs off in the opposite direction, that could be at your driveway down the street. Good management will be, have your puppy on a harness and a leash. Good management will also be, if your puppy's getting a little bit scared or focused elsewhere, have food on you. Bring the focus back to you. Reinforce those good behaviors. So good management is about setting yourself up. If you want to scatter food all around the, the house, like on the table, on the bench, and somewhere near the bathroom and in the bedroom. So if your dog, puppy does the right thing, we can mark and reward and you don't have to carry a treat pouch or food in your pocket. You've got little stashes around the house. So this is all about good management and Everything we talk about in most episodes, there's always a good management part of that. So that's really important. So in this case, for puppies, as we've discussed plenty of times before, in particular episode 11, we talk about having a crate and we attach the crate, we attach a exercise pen rather to the crate. So that way there, that's a little puppy's house, little living space. And that way there, that's where your puppy hangs out. So we'll talk about teaching a pup what to do, good management. When you see the wrong thing or things that you don't like, you want to try to make make the situation undesirable for them. But some puppies just simply do not care about being put away or whatever. Let me just put this phone on mute. So, for example, that same puppy who comes out and doesn't want to chase a rag, only wants to bite your feet because when in the past when he's bitten your feet, you get up and you run, he chases you. It's the funnest game ever. Well, what I would say in that situation is that be able to get your puppy's focus and attention. If he gets into that ratty mood, we want to try to harness his energy into something else. And that's what the dog training experience is all about. But there's certainly times where you should correct puppy's behavior. And especially if the behavior is really intense and especially if you can see, it may not be obvious for you to see, but if you can see if that behavior is going to become something that's going to become bigger and stronger as time goes by. So a little list of things that we that I would correct. And when I talk about correction, let's talk about specifically. We're not talking now about removing them. We're talking more about if I if I have the puppy on a on a harness, for example, and he was to jump up onto a little child, I can simply pull him away and get his attention. That's not really giving a correction. A correction would be giving maybe a sharp, sharp little pop on the on the on the leash, depending on puppy, depending on the size and the age. Will depend on how hard you do it. No one wants, you're not supposed to scare your dog and hurt your dog. You're supposed to give that little jolt to snap them out of it in that moment to get their focus on you so you can reinforce. Because sometimes saying Jasper, 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 oh, come, 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 and saying that over and over again, your puppy starts to be desensitized. So if you, if let's just say I'm sitting 
they're outside somewhere and the child comes close to me and Jasper's jumping up. I'm like, Jasper. And I give a little, you know, things that we practice the name game and trying to get the pups focused. But if he's like not having it and he's jumped up and going right towards a little kid's face, I may in that moment. And again, all playful. There's no aggression. But a puppy jumping at a kid's face can still cause a tooth to hit their lip, scare the hell out of the child. And it's a bad habit that we just don't want. So in that moment there, a quick little pop on the harness could be appropriate. He may see that as very undesirable. In that moment, because we've snapped him out of it, I can get his attention. Jasper, make some space away from the child. Good management. Don't set him up for failure and then reward what you like. So in that moment, I could correct him. If that same exact situation, child, puppy, me, but inside the house, again, I'd still have a, I would still recommend having a pup, your puppy on a leash, especially when visitors are coming over or around your kids. I say that. But again, there's times where the puppy's not on the leash. So sometimes if I'm sitting right next to the little child and the puppy comes up and grabs the, the child's um, dress, for example, and it's not the first time it's happened, it's like it's a thing that he sees, that puppy, 14, 15, 18-week-old puppy, zeroes out on the smallest little child because he gets the most reaction. And we've tried everything. People say, we've had him on the lead, we've done this, we've done that, we've got the focus, maybe they're not doing it correctly, whatever. But let's just say the puppy's like really motivated to do that out of everything. I could be sitting there. He jumps up. If I have no leash on him, I can give the uh-uh and a quick little poke to the side of the ribs. Not hard, obviously. No, I'm not telling you to um, hurt your puppy. I don't want him to be scared of you. I want to, I want him to hear the uh-uh. One second later, a quick little firm poke to the rib may snap him out of that one little tiny moment there, and then you can tell him what to do. Hey, come on here. The point of that is that over time, he understands how to be corrected because there's some puppies, if they don't get corrected and you need to correct them later on, depending on what style of training you go down or, and depending on your dog, every, there's so many variables for sure, remember? But if we don't teach bite inhibition from young, it can become a bigger problem. And I've seen eight-month-old German Shepherds out of excitement just jumping up and grabbing biceps, not ever puncturing, scratching, bruising, but it becomes, a, it's something that hasn't been corrected from young. And, I've, and I see it often, especially in those bigger, powerful breeds, because they're cute and fluffy when they're small, them little biting, it's kind of cute. And again, it is kind of cute and we can redirect it and we can fulfill their mind. But if it's something that is starting to develop, and again, eight weeks old, I'm, I'm not correcting an eight-week-old German Shepherd puppy for, for biting me most of the time, generally. Like, that's just ridiculous. You can control it. But when he's 19 weeks old, 20 weeks old, that's when things start to get, that's when if you had a, if you had your puppy around other balanced, mature dogs, they would do the exact same thing. I'm not saying that we have to get on all fours and start biting dogs, but giving a social correction in that moment to be like, hey, knock it off, you're not allowed to do that is completely natural, normal. But through this medium of just audio, or if you're watching the video, there can be, um, you know, there's, it, there's no context for me to show you. So I'm saying it's okay. If you know what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, start learning how to do it, I guess. Or super control your puppy and just don't give him that sort of um, experience to do it. Again, good management. But again, I'm telling you what from my perspective. Even mouthing too hard. If I'm playing with a puppy and he starts like really mouthing hard while we're playing, I don't mind mouthing if we're playing, but I will kind of correct them. Now, here I won't punish them. What I'll do is as we're playing and the puppy's like ignoring the the tug and ignoring the toys that I'm trying. He's like, he only wants my flesh to bite because he's gotten reaction from people in the past. Sometimes as he's like nibbling on my finger, I say, ah, and I kind of move my thumb into his jaw while kind of like semi holding the back of his head. 
He finds that uncomfortable. He pulls back. I'll release the pressure. I continue the game. And nine times out of 10, most 10 times out of 10, when we're playing with a young pup, they learn, well, I'll just lick you and mouth you softly, but I won't sink my teeth too hard. Again, we're teaching them intensity and that correction in that moment, I think is totally fine. Actually, probably very important for him to know. This does not take away teaching what your pup needs to do and setting them up. Again, I'm always going back to this because I'm really, really adamant that I don't want you to just go, cool, we'll just turn our back on treating them and just start correcting them. Same with little puppies. Sometimes redirecting them can actually make you be rewarding that behavior. Again, we have an episode of puppies biting and stuff, so I've gone way too deep into that. You can definitely check out that episode um, as well. Just search that in our podcast. I'm pretty sure um, whether it's not 49, it's somewhere around there. Toileting, you'd correct your puppy for sure. Your puppy put toilets in the wrong spot. You're picking them up and putting them on the right spot. That is a correction. You've made them correct. You're showing them, hey, I don't like that. You do it here. Next time he does it in the right spot, you reward them. And that's a good balance there. Again, but in that context, while the puppy's peeing and you get too worked up and you scare your puppy or you correct them, even if you were to like go and give them the poke, they may just go and hide from you to go to toilet. So we just calmly in that moment pick them up and put them into the spot, say no, pick them up, do that. It's more of like an overt behavior. Overt? I'm pretty sure it's the word. <laughs> behavior that you see is like physical. It's in your face. It's they're, they're like, for example, one of them here, as I said, they're jumping on kids or if I've got a little puppy and, and he goes to like be really rough with the, little, with the cat, for example, and have him on the leash, I'm like, hey, don't do that. I focus on me, do this. Because in those social situations you can't swap everything for food and you can't keep putting the puppy away you need to be in the moment to tell them what it is that you like and what you don't like excuse me also um sorry i just lost my train of thought there and other animals so things that i never want to see is that we don't want to relate um damage our relationship or the association so if it's with the cat if i'm always punishing the puppy around the cat because the puppy doesn't know what else to do because he uses his mouth and he uses his paws. Like that is not fair. You need to always balance it, not even balance it. You need much more reinforcement and praise and good management. Like if I was a throw out numbers is like, it's more of like a 85%, 90% reinforcement schedule. And you've got those moments there where you, you show some correction to be like, Hey, you've got to knock it off. I don't like that. And I don't want to see it again. So making sure that it's something that you're you're not worried about like for example if it's always in context like for example your puppy jumps up onto the coffee table and you correct them for that you never want them to jump on the coffee table so there you can tell them straight off the bat don't ever do that and that's cool if you were to punish a puppy when you say sit and the puppy doesn't sit and the puppy's only like 16 weeks old and you do something like correct them like for example go back another step if my dog's a year old and I tell him to sit and he knows to sit, he doesn't sit and I give a little pop on the leash, he's like, oh. Or if I've told him to sit, he gets up before I release him, a quick little pop, yeah, he'll go back there. He understands it because, and the way I know he understands is that the next times and the next repetitions of asking to sit, he's changed his behavior to avoid the correction. To do that with a 16-week-old puppy would just damage the association of what you're asking to do. You tell him to sit and they experience some aversive event, they're going to be, well, next time you tell me to sit, I'm not going to sit. So that's where we want to build their confidence. We want uh, we can ask for manners later. That's why even if you have a look, but then on the other side, if you let if you don't put any manners in, just just confidence only, 
but never address any manners, then you're screwed up as well because that's when you see resource guarding. You go for grabbing that sock, your, your puppy bites you. You should be able to get that sock off them, set them up in the future for them not to do it again, and I'd probably set it up so that they learn, well, when you drop the sock, I show you how to do it, I get your reward. But if you always just let the puppy win, then you're going to have an eight-month-old eight dog, a two-year-old dog that's guarding the couch, your shoes, food, bones, anything, people. And that's where that relationship can go out of hand. So there is a balance with confidence and manners, a little bit more confidence. Manners can be shaped in over time because I want a confident puppy, but I don't want an asshole puppy. So there's that balance there for you guys to to work on whether whether it's just you. Obviously, Amy, I'm not going to be training you in Ireland. So if you have a trainer that's helping you, keep these things in mind. And again, everyone, every trainer's got a different perspective. So this is just my limited perspective because there's probably a bunch of things that I haven't written down here that we need to add to the conversation. But there's that. And also, just to finish up, be firm yet always fair. Always make sure that you're never punishing out of anger and always try to be assertive. So look... You're going to get angry. You're going to get frustrated. Human beings have emotions, that's for sure. Try not to use that as your tool to get your dogs to stop. Make sure you don't, you dip into too much excessive frustration or anger a little bit less than you would with being assertive. Be straight up. And there's been times where puppies understand exactly what to do. You put my, a puppy close to Nookie while we're doing socialization, a big puppy Groodle who's 16 weeks old and Nookie's real small. Or even spades, he just wants to be left alone. In those moments, yeah, I call the puppy to come, focus on me, lots of rewards, blah, blah, blah. And not blah, 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 like it's not important, but obedience, it's great. But then you need them to learn how to be. Like, you know, when you're with friends, no one's exchanging money, exchanging food. No one's exchanging things. You're exchanging relationship, engagement with people. And in those times, there are social cues and gestures and actions that people do to us, that your friends or your group of people would do to each other so you can be able to be social within that group. So when dogs are socializing with people and dogs and animals or the, the world inside, like our house, for example, it's not about only ignoring it because if you ignore it, it goes reinforced. If you you redirect it or ask for attention, then you never really deal with the thing in and of itself. So the first time the puppy gets to meet my dogs, it's very chill for like, you know, if it's like long leave time, the puppy can kind of do whatever he wants. I call him to come a bunch of times, focus on me. So then when he starts to get real excited running up to one of my dogs real quick, I can ask him, hey, Jasper, and he looks at me and he'll come back to me to get his food. That's cool. And we definitely should do that. But then when things kind of settle and they're kind of sniffing around each other and he just like bounces and 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 he's jumped onto Spade's face and Spade's like, wait, and he's showed his teeth. He's kind of given just a normal social correction, nothing ever excessive, enough for what dogs do to each other. But then he doesn't under, doesn't recognize what that is. And then Spade's does it a second time, a quick little pop on the leash, hey, or I may come up and give him a little poke to like get in between. It's like, hey, he said it's enough. So you got to chill. And that way there I represent Spade. I teach puppy how to engage. And most times, again, like that eight, nine times out of ten, the puppy just kind of comes up a lot more chill, maybe sniffs a little lick. I tell Spades to get up, they go for a walk, and then there's no hard feelings. He's not scared of Spades, but they've had – he's learnt a little lesson in that moment, which is good because why let dogs sort it out all the time? Then we have aggressive dogs fighting. I think they should be able to give social corrections, but we should be able to – follow that up as well so your dog and your puppy understands what it is that you're trying to say so in social settings swapping behaviors for food may not always be viable you need to be there in the natural world with our 
mind, body and heart and spirit. You're there physically. So engage with them, speak with them. Don't make everything too yes and reward, yes and reward and everything very clinical because that's the, that's the training and the, and the science side of it. There is also the, the training and the artistic, the craft side of it. But when it comes to socialization and having dynamics of, of relationships, we need to speak their language so they can understand our language. So be mindful of that while you're in, engaging with your puppy and never be too crazy. Don't be too overwhelmed. If you are getting frustrated, have that good management, put your puppy away. Um, another time I would correct a puppy real quick is that if they know, if they've been in their crate and they're not, uh, and they're not like barking to go to the toilet and they're barking for a little bit of attention seeking and you know, a hundred percent it's that, um, sometimes a simple, ah, and like a little tap on the top of the, of the crate. Oh, it's like, don't bark for my attention. I'll give you that. I'm going to let you out in a moment. I know I'm grabbing my keys and putting my shoes on. I know you're excited, but I don't want you barking. I want you to wait calm and quiet. That's okay as well. But again, depending on your puppy, does your pup understand? Does your pup not understand? And that's for up to you. You have to have some responsibility to see what it is you're looking at. And don't be so scared not to correct them, but then don't be like, I correct all my puppies and I don't feed them anything. Um, why don't I don't treat them. They always have to do what I say. I think we need to meet both in, in that middle way. Anyway, I think that's me for today. I really appreciate you listening. Sorry that this is out one day later, but I tried to do this yesterday and it just wasn't my day. And I want to be the best for you people. So I really appreciate all, um, everyone listening. Keep training your puppies, have fun, and stay happy, healthy, and strong as always. Much love. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate, and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips, and techniques, visit nooches.pooches.com.au. Thank you, and stay tuned for next time.